Thank you so much for joining us for the Thrive Infertility podcast brought to you by the Quillet Institute. Because when you've reached the end of your fertility journey, I want you to be able to say, I lived well. I thrived. Thanks for joining us today. This first ever Thrive Infertility podcast is brought to you by the workbook Peace Infertility. It's my most recent work, launched just a couple months ago, and I want to give it to you today at a discounted price. So go to our website and go click onto the Peace Infertility workbook and enter the code PEACE, and you will get that book for $10 off. The word PEACE right now, and you will get it for $10 off. Now let's get back to today's podcast. Hello friends. Thank you so much for joining me for the first ever Thrive Infertility podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. I don't know how you found this podcast or how you found the Quilla Institute. However you got here, whatever the road that brought you here, I'm just thankful that you have found us and that you're choosing to explore what it's like to thrive in the midst of the life crisis of infertility. My name is Kathy Quillett, and I am the CEO of the Quillett Institute. The word thrive is really funny when we talk about infertility. See, we have this plan of what we want our life to look like. From when we're really young, we start writing this kind of narrative of this is the type of man or woman or nurturer or companion that I want to be when I get older. And then for seven and eight, the whole song, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby in the baby carriage. That actually happens for people, which is a phenomenon that personally I don't understand. I think it's a miracle in my sphere of influence and my circle of people. More often than not, that doesn't happen. And so sometimes it still baffles my mind that that is a real thing. Now for one in eight of us, this story of infertility becomes this thing that's a semicolon of life. It pauses us, it interrupts, and it brings in trauma and depression and anxiety and heartache and apathy and grief. And then I say the word, hey, let's thrive there. And you just shake your head and you think, how on earth, how on earth am I supposed to thrive during this? I thrive when I'm on vacation. I thrive when I'm doing something I love. I thrived when I just got married. I thrive in a new job. How are you going to tell me that we can thrive in the midst of infertility? And that's what this is all about, friend, because you can. So let me just tell you a little bit about myself, and then we're going to continue on with this. So my name is Kathy, and I um, am one in eight. I'm actually one in four also. Let me just tell you a little bit about my story. So over 10 years ago, uh, my husband, well, it was 12 years ago that my husband and I got married at this juncture. And we decided, you know, that question that you always get on your wedding or in your bridal shower bachelorette party and everybody says, oh my gosh, when are you going to give me grandchildren? You guys would be the best parents. Let's do this. So our answer was, we're going to wait two years and then we're going to have two, maybe three kids. 
Um, both of us were from three children, are from three children households. And we thought, hey, that sounds really fun, but we only want to pay for two to go to college. So we're going to say that we're going to have two and then we're going to have room for an oopsie because certainly oopsie happens to everybody. And we wanted to wait two years to enjoy each other. Then about one year later, we, um, I should say, developed a really terrible pain. I'd never had a regular period in my entire life. I just thought that was just a genetic curse, but it turns out after a laparoscopy hysteroscopy that I had endometriosis. I remember my husband squeezing my face as I woke up from surgery. Maybe it wasn't as dramatic as I remember it feeling, but anesthesia is just crazy. And I remember him saying, Kath, I'm so sorry. They were right. You have endometriosis and it is everywhere. He's like, I don't even know everything that's down there on a woman, but I'll tell you if it's down there, it's covered. And so that really put us at a crossroads of what is life going to look like for us. And so we were given three options. The first was birth control and birth control, artificial hormones. And I just do not get along. And so that vetoed itself for us pretty fast. And then we were given the option of Lupron, which is an artificial menopause, which jacks with your hormones. And so again, that was pretty out for me. Um, I did do Lupron at another point in my trying to conceive years. And I was like the, the catatonic old lady sitting in a, a nursing home watching birds. That was like what my month of Lupron or however many months of Lupron I did. So the other one was that let's go ahead and start trying to conceive because I'll get pregnant and then endometriosis will stop growing. So we did that. Eight months later, we found out we were pregnant and we were elated. I'm going to throw my husband under the bus a little bit here. <laughs> um, I do it all the time though. So we're good. And, and he knows. Um, so we decided that we were going to wait three months as is pretty traditionally customary. Um, or the goal of a lot of people, I should say. And then we were going to tell people and that waited about 30 minutes or lasted about 30 minutes. And we phoned our family to tell them that we were pregnant. And then my husband, bless his heart in the most Southern of ways, <laughs> goes into the garage and gets a chainsaw and goes into the backyard and cuts it down a tree. Because I guess every new dad that's full of adrenaline and testosterone needs to just cut down a tree. I actually like the tree. It was a beautiful birch, but may it rest in peace. So that sweet babe was with us for about 10 weeks. And I went in um, after having some spotting and then we found out that that baby wasn't with us anymore. And then we had to wait a whole 13 months to get pregnant again. And in that meantime, we did do the Lupron, which was the devilish drug I'd ever been on. And we did Clomid. And I know that's hard for a lot of people. It was not hard for me. Or maybe I was just so far down in the depths of despair that I didn't know how hard it was for me. I also lost my gallbladder in that time, which was completely unrelated, but that set us back a couple months. And then I was diagnosed with polycystic ovaries also. So our second pregnancy sweet babe was with us for five weeks. So that one just didn't last long after we found out about it, but I did get to see it on a little screen. 
uh, the second baby was with us just, or the third, I'm sorry. So we got pregnant a couple months later and that babe was with us for six weeks. And then our fourth pregnancy a couple months later was with us for seven weeks. Now, like on a lot of, uh, interviews on podcasts, et cetera, a lot of times the baby ends or the story ends with a baby. Sadly, mine did not. One of my miscarriages actually bled into my uterus instead of out and my uterus was sitting on my pelvic floor. So I was diagnosed with adenomyosis and at the ripe age of 32, I had a partial hysterectomy to get that all out. I am a parent by way of adoption. So it was just about seven years ago that we brought home, my husband and I, we brought home our our two boys from Ethiopia. We're going to celebrate that in September of uh, this year, which is 2020. So we're super excited about that. We love them. Their names are Bowen and Silas. And let me just tell you about my husband because he'll be on from time to time and you're going to love him because he's all things hilarious and kind and just a really, really good human, Um, very emotionally intelligent, which is why I think he'd be great on here. Okay. So. Why, why thriving? Because I remember being stuck as so many of my clients are and so many of you are in this place of despair where you are stuck in your life with horse blinders on thinking, okay, it's day one of my cycle. It's this, it's day 14 of my cycle. We have to have sex. Take off your pants, sailor, because there's no romance involved but we just got to make a baby. It's almost more romantic to do it in a Petri dish. Am I right? Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit less, but we know what calendar day on. I remember waking up in the throes of my own story of infertility, picking up my phone to check the date. So I knew what calendar day was on. I was on, which then would dictate how I would act that day. And then subsequently dictated how I felt that day. I hear so many clients in my therapy practice say, I'll be happy when. This thrive word really became important to me because I would do uh, treatment planning with, with my clients. And I would say, if you want things to be different in your life in six months, what is it that you want to be different? And almost unanimously, they would say to me, I want to be six months pregnant with a viable pregnancy. My answer is, I would love to give you that. I cannot give you that, but here's what I can give you in our time together. We can try and figure out ways for you to bring into your life now what you think a baby will bring for you. So let me ask you, sweet listeners, what is it that you think a baby will bring for you? Happiness, contentment, a new purpose, satisfaction in life, feeling like you belong with a cohort of women around you. Maybe all of your college girlfriends got married at the same time as you and everybody was going to have babies together and maybe they've lapped you a time or two and they're on their third or fourth kid while you're still banging down the door trying for a first. Do you think it's going to bring you membership in this, in this group of women again? Do you think that life is going to carry on a different meeting that you'll be able to smell things better, experience things better, live things more fully once your baby comes? Well, if that's the case, hear me when I say the season after infertility is pregnancy, and that is hard work. 
And the season after that is postpartum. And that is hard work. You hear people probably say to you that are exhausted from early parenthood when their baby's not sleeping through their night and they're saying, oh, you can take mine. I want to go on a date or I want a good night's sleep. And they, they're jokingly saying, well, I want my life back. And I know in your heart, as I did too, you think, I would do anything to be up in the middle of the night with a baby pooping up its back with, a, with an unhealthy case of mastitis. I'd do anything for that. Well, sure. You most likely statistically will get there. But what I think my purpose in saying let's thrive is, let's enjoy all the benefits of being right here where you are right now, instead of looking to the future, when you're going to look back potentially and say, man, I wish I had that. The question is for you, who were you in your relationship, individually, at work, whatever, before you and your partner, or if you're single, you decided, I want to have a baby. This is a good month to try. I'm going to do that. Who were you as a man or a woman individually then? What was your marriage like then? Did you love to paddleboard? Was hiking totally your jam? On the weekends, were you wine tasting with friends? Did you crochet at night? Did you love your Peloton bike and ride it all the time because you had the energy and the emotional space to do it? Was a chick flick and a glass of wine at night how you found rest and relaxation? And all of that stuff has gone to the wayside because I'm trying to conceive and I'm in the middle of a crisis and I'm struggling with depression or anxiety or comparison or apathy or longing or resentment. And so I'm in this, my own jail of life, and I'm stuck here. That is a very real place to to be with mental health implications, and we'll get there. We'll get there. But how can you still be you? How can you find days in your cycle to go paddleboarding again or hiking or go on a spontaneous road trip to a new state or a new restaurant because that's what makes you come alive. Little secret, that's what makes me come alive a little bit. On this podcast, I am excited with the lineup of guests that I'm going to have. They're awesome from a variety of different fertility disciplines. And they are going to talk to us about the obstacles of infertility and how to thrive in the midst. I have this fear, y'all, deep-seated fear. Let me tell you where life ends for me first. Life always ends when I think I've arrived. I'm in a hospice bed and my people are around me, my sons and my husband. And I think of me being however old and I'm in this hospice bed. I don't want to look back and think for a minute that I've wasted a moment of my life or I didn't appreciate it. But I will tell you right now, 
that there were parts of the years of my infertility, it was four plus years, that I can look back and say, I was lost. I was, I was probably pretty depressed. I was in despair. I didn't thrive. I didn't enjoy life. And I look back and I think, oh my gracious. I don't want another person to make the mistakes that I did. There was benefits of infertility. There were. My marriage is amazing because of it. We grew in ways that we never knew that we, we should or could. There are benefits to, to all of this, and you'll find them. Let's find them together. But I hope, friends, that you will stick with me. And we can find ways in the middle of your personal hell on earth, this infertility, this trauma, this life crisis, that we will unlock your potential and you can learn to thrive. I'm not offering a key to get you pregnant, but from now until that baby comes out of you, how can we help you maximize this time in your life? Because here's the sad statistic. Infertility undealt with during infertility makes your risk of marital satisfaction decrease. Sexual satisfaction after infertility decrease. Postpartum de depression risk absolutely increases. Postpartum anxiety increases. Let's work on this now so that we can enjoy all the rest later. Let's thrive now so that we don't waste a minute. That's why I'm here. And I hope that you'll join me. Let's work through this together. Let's laugh and love and just be friends. Because right now, listen, I'm in a room with a comfy couch and all the throw pillows and soft blankets. And I wish wherever you are right now, your car, traffic, work, exercise, whatever, that you could just like stop that and come sit on my couch with me and we could just journey this together and just kind of be sisters, friends, family. Let's just doing this together. Life doesn't afford us that luxury. So thanks for allowing me into the spaces of your life. I hope that you'll journey this with me. I hope that you'll come back. I hope. Even if there's one little thing that you can change through the experts or myself or my husband and I, that you can say, that was fun. Not infertility. That thing was fun. I thrived. I won. Thanks so much for joining me today. I look forward to being back with you next time. Bye.